0: As a leader, how do you impact and grow new teachers in your organization? This week's guest, Dr. Samantha Festus, shares how she uses innovative programs and resources to prepare new teachers to overcome the initial hurdles of teaching and developing them into future leaders. Join us as we dive into the topic of developing aspiring teachers and leaders. Welcome back everyone to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Samantha, thank you so much for being on the podcast today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm pumped to be here.
0: Yes, I'm very excited. And we met through social media, and I'm so excited to talk with you this evening. And I just wanted to dive into your book. But before I do that, I always like to get everyone's leadership and educational journey. So for our listeners, can you just share what your experience was like?
1: Yeah, I'd be happy to. When I first started teaching, I was a multiple disabilities teacher at an IU school. And my class, i was they were middle school students with multiple disabilities. And that was the single most inspiring, humbling experience that I've ever had teaching. I learned so much from those students. I learned not only how to be a better teacher, but a better person. Mm-hmm. Um, in that class, we a, lo- a lot of the students used communication devices. Many of them had personal carries alongside them throughout the day, or nurses. Many were in wheelchairs and used communication devices to, to speak. So we decided, you know, the first year, first year teaching. I believe it was in January, we decided we were going to put on a play with these students in our classroom. And we were going to put on the Wizard of Oz play because you know, why not? And so we got their communication devices and we, we, we programmed words for the script for the students to be characters in the show. And we invited not only their parents because you know, we're going to go big or go home here. We invited administration to come into the classroom and we did a whole little mini Wizard of Oz play with the students participating as characters. And this taught them communication device skills, turn taking, fine motor skills, gross motor skills. And then after that, we all had like a little snack with our pa- with the parents and things like that. And I remember one parent saying, I never thought my son would be in a play. <laughs> and that just was that was like wow that's really cool yeah. so what do we do the next year we did like a Thanksgiving dinner we invited everybody back we had a the students made Thanksgiving dinner using adaptive environmental controls so we had different types of switches for them to use the blender to puree food or to use the mixer to mix up the food and we would uh, talk about math and literacy and measuring out ingredients and we invited everybody back administration too um, to our classroom to have a Thanksgiving dinner and every year, It was all about bringing to light the skills that these students had, the strengths that they had. And early in my career, I found a smart board in a closet and I tiptoed down there and I was like, oh. What can I do with this? Well, you know, I'll just bring it in my classroom, see what happens. So after that, you know, had to get the training on the smart board and my students were using the smart board to do literacy numbers, morning meeting activities, using it for name recognition. And it was so cool to see their eyes light up and their, and their passion just, you know, come to when they saw their picture on the smart board and having it having them touch it and just get that interaction. Okay. I touched my picture on the board and it goes to a really cool video that I like, like the Clifford theme song. Oh, that's pretty cool. (laughs) I'm going to do that again. So then I started to find, okay, I enjoy working with students with special needs and educational technology. I got to learn more. So I went back to school while teaching, which a lot of teachers do, and, you know, got a degree in educational technology. And I remember talking to one of the professors on the phone, because it was an online program through Penn State, which was fantastic. And they were like, you know, you can roll this into a master's you know, you could roll this into a PhD. And I was like, oh, hey, now, well, let's just keep rolling with it, you know, because why not? By that time in my career, I was the tech coach for the school. So I went into not only a multiple disabilities class, but in the school that I taught, it was students ages 5 to 21 with all sorts of different disabilities, autism, physical disabilities, students who have had trauma, intellectual disabilities, and I got to work with all of them in their classes, embedding technology, coaching alongside the teachers and sharing how technology can help our students with special needs be as independent as possible because technology truly can make the impossible possible, especially for our students with special needs. And it is just so cool to see them be able to communicate something, to be independent in a skill Mm -hmm by using adaptive technology or assistive tech. So that's my beginning teacher journey you know, start to put some pieces together of that teaching puzzle. Because, you know, when you graduate college, we all have this idea of, oh, I'm going to go be a, a first grade teacher or I'm going to go do this. But yeah. then, you know, maybe something happens along the way and you you, you realize, oh, because I, whenever I went to school, I thought I was going to graduate and I was going to be a first grade or a kindergarten teacher. I was never that. And I, I am so glad that I was. That. I'm so glad that I was led down this path to continue my education, to get that PhD, because that's where I am now. That I'm working with future teachers, and I got to tell you, they are my jam. I love working with future teachers. They are unlike any other group of teachers that I've worked with before. They are excited. They have that fire in their belly. They are pumped and ready to go, and it is just so rewarding to work with them because I know that I'm impacting students I will never see through the work of our future teachers. And it's so cool to see them become educators of excellence throughout their freshman year, all the way through student teaching. And I just get a small little part of their journey. I teach them some ed tech tools. I teach them some stuff about intro to special education. And I get Mm -hmm. to oversee a couple of our student teachers in special ed. It's just an amazing journey. It's so neat to just see them grow and learn and apply what they're learning like oh I saw that theory actually in practice in this class today or well what do you think can help this student out who's having a behavioral need or wow I, I really liked using XYZ tech tool with so-and-so because it was was able to read the text to them instead of having Mm -hmm. the teacher read to them. It's just so cool. So that's my teaching journey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I think there's a lot of great points there. And one being that when we set out to begin our career, we think that we have this one journey, but in actuality and research shows us this, that most people have, you know, three different careers within their lifetime. So I think that's wonderful that you've not only seen that, but then also are continuing to look for improvement and grow yourself. And I want to talk about the future teacher piece, because I know that's your passion. And that's what you do now. But you also have written a book, Magic, And I just want to ask about that. Hopefully you can give maybe like a quick synopsis and then, you know, some things that you really focus on to prepare future leaders.
1: Yeah, so Edgy Magic, a guide for pre-service teachers, is all about how to be an educator of excellence during your college career. So how are you going to use the coursework that you're given? How are you going to start building that digital presence, even as a first semester freshman stepping in to being a teacher? It's so important to build that digital presence early and often and keep continuing to, to build content and create content and share what you're learning about with that teaching community on Twitter, on Instagram, building a digital presence. For example, a website that's always in progress. It's never going to be complete because you're always learning and growing and educating yourself as a teacher. So having that digital footprint, going beyond the grades. So oftentimes professors might be asked, how do I get an A or, or right. what, what assignments do I need to do to get an A? And it, it's, not about, it's not about the A, it's yep. about the learning behind it. And if you truly are doing the best that you can, you're going to get so much more out of a class than you are if you're just going to Go through the motions and check off boxes. Right. So, Edgy Magic: A Guide for Pre-Service Teachers is written in a way that we are sitting down at a coffee shop and just chatting. And. I have stories in there from pre-service teachers who are, you know, peers alongside their readers. If they're a future teacher reading the book, here are other future teachers who have done some of these things. And here are some examples of ways that they have harnessed their digital presence or ways that they've used technology in student teaching or in field experiences. Right. One really cool part about the book, and I think she was on your podcast recently with Kristen Nan. She, she was a virtual co-op of mine. And for one of my classes, the ed tech class we pair up students with teachers from around the world in the content area and subject areas that they want to teach one day. So for example, if I have a student who might want to teach third grade math, I reach out on Twitter be like, hey, is there any teachers on Twitter who would like to partner up with this student, that this field, um, field student? And throughout our course, our ed tech class, they'll create um, about 10 different Things for you in your classroom to use with technology, for example, Canva or a Nearpod, um, and all you need to do is provide them with content, and they'll create the content for you, or they'll create the piece for you using technology. Mm-hmm. And this has been a game changer in my class because before this, it was like, oh, let's just go head on over to the PD standards, and you pick a standard that you like, and we'll create something using um, Nearpod on the standard that you like. Okay, well that's good but i think we can do a little better and by pairing them up with teachers they now have a built-in audience of real students they now have um authenticity for their assignment. So they're not just doing it for me, the professor, and turning it in, but they're also getting feedback from their teacher uh, that they're partnered with. And for some of our students, they get to Skype in or actually go to the class if they are local to where the student lives or if they're local to where our college is, they can Mm -hmm. go in and actually teach that lesson. And it's been so cool to see the students as freshmen, these are freshmen just be getting their feet wet feet wet in education. And it's just so cool to see them, wow, Miss So-and-so really liked what I did, or here's some feedback. And you know what? They'll go back and they'll redo it and send it back to them. Mm -hmm. If I say, hey, uh, there's a misspelling on here, and you might want to change the way you phrase this, I might get it back (laughs) and redone, but they will definitely do it for that teacher. And they'll ask for feedback, and they want they and they start building that connection with that teacher through Twitter, through Instagram, Box, or even. And it's just so cool to see that mentorship begin to take place. We've had a couple of students, um, <clears throat> partnered with a fourth grade teacher down in Lancaster area school district and he has his students hop on a Google call every week and he tells them the next assignment is and he gives them the content but then he tells them well let me tell you about my week this week and he shares with them teaching is not just about the content you're delivering it's about building those relationships it's about pushing yourself past your comfort zone in professional development It's about going further in your education and it's just so cool because I think students come into the education profession, seeing what it's like on the other side of the desk as a student and thinking that, oh, okay, so I just write one lesson plan. I deliver. If you're a high school, I deliver that eight times and that's that. And all I do is deliver content. And we you know that teaching is so much more than that. So by having these rich relationships with mentors that are in there, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, you know, they can build those experiences. And I don't know what it's like to teach high school chemistry, but I know somebody who does, and I can partner up that student with somebody who has experience in that area. And it's such a cool way to see them grow and learn and apply what they're learning in their ed tech courses.
0: Yeah. Also, I know that you are working with new teachers beyond just, you know, the practicum and those that are beginning their journey to become a teacher. So This podcast obviously is for leaders and those who are aspiring to help teachers and new teachers. So what are some things that you're doing that are helping prepare new teachers to get accustomed to the classroom, but then also setting them up for success for future years?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I co-wrote an- another book called Magic Shine On, A Guide for New Teachers. And this is just right for those May grads or beginning teachers this fall. It talks about eight truths teachers need to know about. Uh, we start with expectations, like what do you expect of yourself as a teacher, as a learner, and as a leader? And how did your college prepare you to fit to answer those three questions? And now we're going to talk about, okay, let's hope that you reach these expectations, but know that you're for First year is very hard and you will get through it. There will be disappointments, but these are pit stops along the way of your first year of teaching. So my first year of teaching, I had a student pass away. Mm. I didn't learn how to deal with that in college. That was what we would call working through this in the best way that we know how. Um, One way that I, I helped work through this for myself and for the family was we we worked on creating a memorial video for his funeral we um, shared that out with our with our school community his parents um, also donated all of his books and audiobooks and assistive technology to the school and we created a lending library in his name so being able to process the grief and and have a have a Positive impact in that school and have his legacy live on was a great way to honor him and to honor his family. Mm-hmm. But we, we talk about those working through several types of disappointments. Like we have one, one of the co authors writes about how she started teaching her first year. And by December, she was on an improvement plan. And she never expected that to happen. And what she originally thought was going to be a very negative experience, she's like, it's about my mindset, I need to turn this around. And she turned it into a fantastic learning experience for herself. And she really dug into what feedback she was given and resources that she was given to just turn it around and get better uh, for her students. And you know, leaving college, you don't think your first year you're going to be on an improvement plan. Yeah. Um, we talk about visiting these as pit stops. Okay. we Something's going to happen in your first year. It's okay. Something, you know, it's bound to happen. Let's visit it. And then we're going to move on because these are just pit stops along the way of your journey. Mm-hmm. We talk about all in this together so working through and collaborating and sharing with everyone in that building because in your classroom it really does take a village to raise up that child whether it's working with a special ed teacher um, as a co-teacher working with an SLP a behavior manager administration volunteers as parents that come in. So like we we walk through eight truths that you need to learn about to be an effective new teacher and it's going to be hard, but it's okay. Just know that everyone has done that. Everyone has gone through their first year and you will too. You might have some scratches, but you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, for some people their second year, they're ready to go as you know, more solid ground, I guess. But for some of us it takes like 3 or 4 years to yep. feel fully comfortable and ready to go and that's okay. Everyone's on their own journey. And don't compare yourself to somebody else, you know, in a different district or in a different type of classroom.
0: Yep. No, it's so true. I think, you know, as an administrator myself, that's what I tell all of my brand new teachers is don't expect to be a rock star the first year. It's going to take years and years of experience before you really feel comfortable. And that's without any change. You know, if you're teaching the same grade level and teaching the same subject matter, even Three years in, that's when you start feeling, like you said, that you have your feet underneath you. And I think there's a misperception out there with college grads, and even myself as a teacher, <laughs> I did the same thing, is thinking, oh, I'm just going to set the world on fire day one, and yeah. quickly I found that that's yeah. not the case,
1: and that's okay.
0: Yeah, it is okay. <laughs> you
1: know, I, there needs to be, like, I think there needs to be a dispelling of the myths. <laughs> yeah, sure. but like. When you say like the world on fire, it reminds me of that saying, I'm going to change the world. And I know there's another saying that you're, for, to somebody, you are their world. But to think about, you might not change the world your first year, but you might change the heart of a student who really needed you mm-hmm. in your first year of teaching. Yeah. And that means the world thinking a little bit more micro with the each individual student in your classroom most definitely
0: well I just learned about a new project that you're constructing which is virtual co-ops and so I just want to learn more about that
1: yeah sure so I shared a little bit about that earlier with matching up the students with the teachers from around the world and their subject area and grade level and what I found with that program was by implementing that I think I did that my third year teaching this class Mm -hmm. and I found that the quality of the work has shot up dramatically. Students will redo assignments for their for their virtual co-op. They'll send them in on time to the virtual co-op, but sometimes forget to turn it in for a grade. So I kind of have to bug them like, hey, <laughs> did you turn that in? Because I don't see it. <laughs> and so then it, they get a grade for it. Um, and they're able to network with other educators in their field. And what's also really cool is if, um, so they get, I also found that if students get a say in who their co-op is, it works out a little even better. It's like sprinkles on a Sunday. So we have virtual co-op day in class where I have all the bios and all the pictures of all the people who have volunteered and what subject areas they teach, a favorite quote, a fun fact, you know, all that good fun teacher stuff. (laughs) And they get three sticky notes. (laughs) And the students put one, two, three on their sticky note. And they have to go around and read all the bios and everything. And they uh, put first choice, second choice, third choice, but they have to say why this person be a good match.
0: Right.
1: What's really cool is we've had some students who, one student said, Oh, this teacher was my student teacher when I was in third grade, and I want to teach third grade. That is super <laughs> cool. Another one is, Oh, uh, this teacher was a teacher in the district in which I'm from, or this teacher is in a district. Down the road from my hometown, if I get paired with him or her, I'm able to go visit them. You know, during a break, which a lot of students do because they have to get their observation hours in. Why not go visit your virtual co-op? We've had some some students who want to teach overseas, uh, so partnering up with teachers from around the around the world has been really cool. So we've had teachers from Africa, and Turkey, Spain, Canada in Europe. And it's been, it's been so neat to, for them to learn about different educational systems yep. and learn about what it's like to teach in a different country or even online. We've even had students who say, you know, I think I might want to teach online mm-hmm. one day. I'd like to kind of get my feet wet in that area. So we partner them up with some online teachers that are fantastic as well. It's, it's such a cool experience for them as freshmen to see behind the other side of the desk there. So now we flip from the student to the teacher and they're able to really give a great glimpse of what it's like to be a teacher in that grade day in, day out, not just delivering content, but it's about building those relationships, about professional development, communication, all of those things um, that, you know, as freshmen ed majors, they may not know about.
0: Yeah, I love that. And especially with right now with distance learning, I, that's a tool, obviously, that can be continued to, to be used and mm-hmm. get that experience. And then and that kind of gets me to my next question, which is obviously with distance learning and the uncertainty of what's going to happen, you know, in the future, you being a tech person, <laughs> you have all these different <laughs> tools. I know you live in the Microsoft world. And uh, I do have some some tips or tricks for our aspiring leaders.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to share. So I'm a tech person by day, podcaster by night. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, I do have a few tech tools to share with you. So yeah, I enjoy using the Microsoft products. And one reason I really like their stuff is they are really on top of it when it comes to accessibility. They have embedded within their Microsoft Teams, which is, I don't want to say it's a learning management system, but it's a team collaboration space that where you can You know, meet with your team with video. That's Mm -hmm. where we did all of our virtual learning. You can document grades, messages, share files, all that cool stuff, and a lot more stuff. But for the accessibility piece, they have Immersive Reader, which is a game changer. If I had this when I was teaching, I I, I I don't know I'd be super excited but um, immersive reader what it does is you can take a passage of text and it'll highlight for you and read aloud and you're probably like okay Sam. there's a lot of other stuff that does that but there's more and I sound so sound like an infomercial but I just I love this tool so much so I can make my I can change my font I can change the contrast on the page uh, with font um, with text and background I can change the type of font I I can have a dictionary right there, a visual dictionary. So when I click on a word, it shows me a picture and the word, and I can can even pronounce it for me if I need that. It increases the spacing of the lines. So if I need large spacing between the lines of text and between the characters, it separates all that out for me. It even translates into a whole bunch of language. I can translate the word or the whole document that I want them to read. So this is great for my multilingual learners so for student teaching, say they get a co-op who, or mentor teachers like, here's all of my resources and they just give them a whole bunch of paper. I know I lose paper and I'm like, ah, overwhelmed. They could use a tool called Office Lens and they can take a picture of the doc. They can save it as a PDF, an image, a Word doc, whatever. But it's also OCR enabled on Office Lens, what actually brings all of those immersive reader features. It has the contrast, the text to speech, and uh, they can take a picture and they can save it. So for my students with special needs, if I have them um, working on a document, they can take a picture or a picture of a whiteboard and it'll um, pull that and clear up the image. It'll make it text-to-speech readable, which is really cool. So if you have a student in your class working on a worksheet, they can do it in Office Lens. Um, They can edit the photo as well. But what's really neat, so back to the student teachers, if you get all of the Word docs or worksheets up to Wazoo there, you can take a picture and save it as a Word doc. So it'll pull all that content. So you don't have to retype anything. And you can just pull it up on your computer as a Word doc. And then you can change the font or change the text or update the images or whatever you need to do on that that piece. So it's just super cool. And I know it saved a lot of teacher time. I have a quick story about that. So I work with field students, and these are students in their junior year. And we work with the VOTECH that's nearby our our college. And they um, and my students. This is a junior level special education course. And in this class, we're learning about types of accommodations and modifications that can be made to paper-based products uh, for our students special needs in our class. So we go and we work with the Votech and we adapt chapters in their book or we adapt worksheets. And this one group of gals got handed a textbook and the, and the teacher's like, can you just uh, change the font on here, increase the spacing and make more relevant pictures? Because honestly, this book looked like it was pretty old. Mm-hmm. They're like, Dr. says, we don't want to type all this. I'm like, oh my gosh, just use Office Lens, take a picture, it'll save it as a Word doc. They're like, are you serious? I'm like, I'm serious. You got to <laughs> check it out. And it did. And they were so excited. Um, and it saved tons of teacher time. And it got um, the teacher a new updated piece that he can use with his students, which, yeah. you know, that's what it's all about. So, yeah. So there's Immersive Reader and Office Lens. which are great. Uh, Duo, and then if you add Edge, which is not your grandma's Microsoft Internet Explorer, let me tell you, they have a readability feature right in their browser, which will take all the junk off the page, clean it up a little bit, and you have those immersive reader tools embedded right there, so you can have the text on this on the page read aloud to you, and you can have the immersive reader supports there. So, super cool.
0: Those are awesome tools. And then you had mentioned that you were a podcaster at night. So, oh um, yes. Anyone <laughs> listening to the podcast. Knows that I love having podcasters on my show and I love hearing the origin story of those podcasts. So I'm just curious on how you started that journey.
1: Yeah. So it's my podcast is only about a year old. It launched last April. And this was after a conversation with Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech. We were having a conversation about Unboxer, probably. And he's like, You should have a podcast. I'm like, Oh, dude, that sounds hard. <laughs> it's <laughs> like it is, but it'd be cool, and you could have one about future teachers. I'm like, I don't even know what I talk about. Well, once you know, like six to eight episodes later, I'm still like I have a list of content I haven't even gotten to. Yeah. I love doing the podcast. It is so much fun. I'm able to interview people around the world in expertise areas. I have people from Australia on the show, and it it was a lot of fun talking to them. I have people from South Africa coming on soon. I, I just I'm so excited. To just, and the cool thing about this show, it's all about content for pre-service teachers or aspiring Mm -hmm. educators. And because there's not a lot out there for them. Nope. They're just, they're just so hungry for, for content. So I have stuff coming out about Praxis, taking the Praxis online because I never had to do that. But oh my gosh, if I had to do it now during COVID, I think I'd be breathing through a paper bag because it <laughs> sounds ridiculous. Yeah. But they need that content and I'm so excited to just help them in any way that I can. And I love having future teachers on the show. I've had many on the show share about their experiences or passion areas. And it's just been such a cool experience and I'm excited for the next year to, you know, keep going with it and see where it leads me.
0: I love that. What you're doing with aspiring teachers, obviously, is what I'm doing here with aspiring leaders. And what I like to do for my last question with my guests is ask about any advice you would give someone who may not have a leadership title, but wants to make an immediate impact.
1: You don't need a title to be a leader. You can be a leader wherever you are. I think a lot of our future teachers are leaders. And I learn from them each day. It's about supporting your colleagues. It's about raising up voices. It's about doing what's right for kids. And you don't have to have a leadership title behind your name or in front of your name. You can be a leader as a teacher. You can be a leader as a speech therapist. You can be a leader in your space. And you can raise your voice up by getting on podcasts you can do so by attending webinars or leading webinars or presenting at conferences yeah you don't have to have something in your name to be a leader you can do it just as you are and just be authentically you
0: for our listeners i want to make sure that they connect with you in some form how can they connect with you on social media
1: yeah so i keep it simple on twitter and instagram i'm at s that's s f e c i c h and i have a site sfessage.com. keep it it's simple for everybody <laughs> and myself
0: <laughs> well samantha i i love all of the topics and the things that you're doing like you said there's a lot of people out there that are looking to become teachers but there's not too many resources and i just want to thank you for all the work that you're doing it's just been an honor to speak with you this evening
1: Thank you so much for having me on. The honor is all mine. Thank you.